Hey guys, my name is Alex, and you're listening to the Thousand Movie Project Podcast. One of the upsides and one of the downsides to working at the grocery store is a sense of how incredibly ephemeral it is. It's a feeling that probably attends every retail job, but in a grocery store, I think it's a little more pronounced. Everybody on the crew works fairly hard, depending on the day, and even if you're not working all that hard, you are invariably on your feet for eight consecutive hours. Everybody is doing this in exchange for basically just a hundred bucks per shift, and none of the stuff over which we toil, none of the stuff that makes us laugh in the course of a shift, none of the stuff that frustrates us, none of it at all is lasting. There's a constant rush of customers. We're trying to stock the shelves as the customers are coming in, but we can't stock the shelves because customers keep asking us to go and fetch something from the back of the store, something that they can't find on the shelf and they feel they need it now. But the reason that they can't find it on the shelf is because every time we try to shelve it, someone comes and asks us to go and get something from the back. Leonard Cohen comes to mind here, as he does with everything else, and particularly his song Hallelujah. In the first verse of the song, he says, I heard there was a secret chord that David played and it pleased the Lord, but you don't really care for music, do you? So the situation here, as and he strums a little interesting chord in that opening part of the song, but these, the situation is, here you've got this secret tune, it's so good that it pleased God, it's this ancient, celestial, secret, magical melody, and the only person you're playing it for is someone who doesn't even like music. But at the same time, hallelujah, right? Because at least you get the pleasure and the honor of playing the song. And even if your audience of one doesn't particularly enjoy it, doesn't, doesn't have the capacity to appreciate it, you yourself were there you yourself were able to enjoy it. And Leonard Cohen's music always comes down to that particular philosophical tenet, which is that if you can stop expecting any kind of payoff, any kind of recognition for your labors, then you'll start to find little things within them that you can enjoy. So we're talking about the ephemera and the, the crushing awareness through every shift of how ephemeral this job is. I'm, I'm the sort of person who tends to panic and, and I beat myself up about making mistakes on the job. But one of the great, again, it depends on your perspective. One of the great or awful things about a grocery store's ephemera, depending on the kind of worker you are, is that everything is cyclical. Everything is washed away by the turn of the hour. Nothing accrues. So if you're prone to mistakes, like I am, and you drop a bottle of olive oil and it shatters and it makes a huge mess, you, you get it cleaned up and it's forgotten an hour later. On the other hand, if you're a super type A kind of worker and you work really, really hard to make a perfect display of bananas that looks like something out of Jumanji, it will be picked clean in 30 minutes and forgotten in an hour. We have a few teenage crew members for whom this is their first job, and one of them came, came and started working alongside me the other day after the store was closed, and she was looking kind of shifty. Shelving things on the rack beside me, she whispers, hey, Hey, Alex. Talking like she wanted to buy weed. I'm not going to keep whispering, but she goes, Hey, how do you call out from work? Like, like how mad do they get when you do it? And like, how do you say it? Her mom's birthday was the following night and she wanted to call out from work, but she'd never done it before. And on top of being worried about, you know, enraging the management for some reason, she was mostly concerned that her absence would make the closing shift that much harder for the rest of us. So she explained that to me and I said, do you feel like the store 
that it can't function without you. Then she got nervous, I realized the wording wasn't great, and she was like, no, 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 that's not what I meant, I'm not saying I'm super, like, important. And I said, I know, I understand that that is the kind of thing management can sometimes plant in your head. And that's where the guilt comes from, is they make you think that the store won't make any money unless you're here. And I understand it sounds like a legit concern, but just like, ask yourself, do you feel like you carry this whole store when you're here? And she thought about it, and after like 10 seconds of brooding, she said, I don't know, I just feel bad. Like, I, I feel like they're gonna get offended, but like by calling out, I'm telling them I don't care. And when she said that, I proceeded to give her a lecture, a lecture that I, I will confess to you, I've rehearsed it. Time to time, sitting in my car, I get carried away on a tide of memories. And I start remembering and dwelling on the ways that, like, I've been guilted by employers at low-wage jobs into doing more work than they were paying me to do. I said, Amy, what are you earning here? She said, minimum wage. And I said, okay, so what does that mean? She said, I, it's like 14-something, I guess. Not the number, the word. Like, what, what does that phrase mean to you? And she said, I, it means, like, that's like the starting point for where they could pay you? I said, no, it's not really the starting point. Starting point implies that you're going somewhere. What minimum wage means is they would pay you less if they could. Consider how much the store asks of you in terms of like effort and sweat and labor and patience and everything else, and then match that with how little money you make. And then once you see that disparity there, remind yourself and don't ever forget that they actually don't think you're even worth that much money. They're only giving you that much money because the government makes them. Like, did you know the store has a formula for when they decide to start sending crew home early? There's something on the computer that shows them the store's earning up to the moment, and if the store isn't generating an average of $290 per employee per hour, then they start sending people home in order to get that average back up. So anytime that you're here in the store and they are not sending you home, bear in mind, it is because you are generating for them $290 per hour. In other words, what you generate for the store with one hour of labor is what they pay you in exchange for 20 hours of your labor. And granted, it, it is a very small portion of that $290 that's actually a, like a profit for them, but whatever, they're writing off your wages anyways, it's like they're not even paying it, and besides, Amy, I have chosen to be upset about this, and these numbers help me to do that. And I kept telling her, like, fuck it, it's your mom's birthday, go ahead and call out, they don't care. She said, what if they ask, like, why? Like, do I just tell them, oh, it's my mom's birthday? It does, I don't know, it feels like it's not an excuse. I said, if they ask you why you cannot make it to your underpaid labor appointment, tell them it's personal. And if they do anything to insinuate that the store is gonna catch fire without you, tell them that you can absolutely make it, but they'll have to give you an extra $200 so that you can get out of whatever this private engagement is. And if they give you a dirty look, like they're appalled or like you're crazy, gently remind them that you are only here for money, that you are not in this store because of your, your grocery passion. Now, should I be offering such volatile, pessimistic advice to a teenager? Probably not. But here's another lesson she will surely come to understand in time. If you ask an older person for advice on anything, what you're gonna get in return is a steaming dish of their own well-worded resentments. Because that is what wisdom is. It is the monologue that older people recite to themselves in the shower and in the car when they are imagining that they can go back in time and stand up for their younger selves. Anyways, I was proud of her because she did go directly up to the manager's station and she told them that she would not be in to work the next day. 
and she was fidgeting as she did it and she was wincing, but she came back smiling and she showed me the little gnarled spot on her finger where she'd absentmindedly torn the cuticle away. A couple days later, I saw Amy at work and I said, did you end up going to dinner with your mom? And she said, yeah. So I said, how was it? And she goes, bro, she picked a fight with me like in the middle of the Cheesecake Factory. Like she just gave me shit about how I spent all my time with my boyfriend and that I don't care about her. And it was just such a shit. I, I legitimately regret that I called out of work. It was literally like the worst night ever. And I said, Amy, hallelujah.